Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking to jeweler Madame Fortuna all about bridal jewelry. And I thought it would be really great to have her on the show as an expert and a vendor because she has made not one but two fabulous bridal sets for me for both my wedding and for my vow renewal. And I know I see a lot of questions when brides are first starting to think about how they want to accessorize their gown. There are a lot of questions that come up. Some brides know exactly what they want. Other brides have no clue. And so I thought it would be great to have an expert on to give us some ideas. So welcome, Madam Fortuna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. So first, I'd love to know how you got started making jewelry. Well, I used to have a vintage clothing store in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and I've always been a collector of kind of everything. So one day I was in my store and I just, I was really missing New Orleans, which is a place where I'd lived and where I find a lot of inspiration. So I just started messing around and I made kind of a custom, like a charm necklace for myself. I I considered it kind of a personal rosary. And I used a lot of charms that I found in New Orleans, things that reminded me of New Orleans, family, the things, symbols that I had gotten close to there. So that was it. I wore a necklace. I made a necklace basically to kind of reconnect to uh, a place that has provided a lot of inspiration for me. So then, you know, it's kind of the proverbial story. A friend saw it and wanted one, and then I started making some for the store. They were all kind of thematic. Some were for good luck, some were for finding love, some were for adventure. And then Daily Candy wrote about it, and it kind of all went bonkers from there. I started doing just loads of custom charm necklaces where I would send questions to each person, they would get back to me, and then I would choose charms based on kind of their goals, their desires. People would have them made for friends who were sick, for people who were trying to get pregnant, for really just all different kinds of stuff. So they were incredibly personal, but they were also incredibly fun. And that's kind of what, what got started. I mean, I now I do a lot of different things, but custom is still my specialty. That's cool. And I think that's why, well, I know I was introduced to you by a fellow Disney bride who had had you make something for her. And she was really into sort of a steampunk, gothic, New Orleans feel. And so I loved your stuff. And at first I was like, well, this is great, but you know, it's not really the look I'm going for with, with my wedding. But then I realized that I could work with you to customize something because you were so skilled that you'd be able to achieve my vision. And I love that what we came out with together was like a great combination of the sort of over-the-top glamour that I want, but then also that neat sort of vintage antique look that you incorporate so well. Yours was really fun to make. I mean, the pieces that you sent me were just vibrant, so it was a joy. And it, it, it all made sense, you know, talking to you, 
making something ornate but simple, kind of like you said, over the top but classic. It's fun and it's 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 nice to be able to refine things sometimes. Sometimes I go a little wild. So it's nice to kind of try and bring that back down to something that is, you know, very special for a wedding. I mean, that's such an honor to be able to do that for somebody as well. That's cool. So then what is your process now for doing custom work? For custom work, you know, it really varies. I just had a woman contact me. Her daughter had bought a necklace of mine and then her daughter had found a similar piece. So she sent me the piece and I made another necklace inspired by her daughter's. Whatever the person is looking for, I try and come up with something. Or, you know, a lot of people send me family heirlooms. They'll send me just a box of their grandmother's watch, a single earring, you know, their grandfather's medal. And, you know, with that, I'll rework it into usually one single piece that can be worn all the time instead of having just a box of things that mean a lot to you, but that you never do anything with. Somebody sent me their grandmother's antique woven hair brooch, and I, you know, I made it into a ring. Lots of things like that. I, I love working with family heirlooms, especially. That's really cool, and that's great for a wedding because that's you know often you want to incorporate family heirlooms into a wedding. Exactly. I mean, you want you want to honor you know your family, those that are with you, and those that aren't with you. So I kind of can't think of a better way than to have something that belongs to somebody that you love kind of on your person as you go through the ritual of getting married. Right. Well, and let's talk about that because it is a different kind of day. What sets bridal jewelry apart from your everyday jewelry? I really feel like bridal jewelry should be special. It should kind of be the perfect finishing touch because you spend so much time, effort, thought, you know, money to create this day. When you get down to it, it is the details that matter. And and, you know, I think of jewelry as talismans. So to wear something that you feel like has a personal power for you, I just feel like that that's what sets it apart. It's not just an everyday thing. Although, you know, you, you can incorporate it later every day. I, I do believe in wearing fancy stuff just, you know, to the grocery. <laughs> <laughs> but it should really just be like the thing that makes you feel amazing. So then, do you think that there are any rules of thumb for bridal jewelry selection based on your dress style or your neckline or your hairstyle? I don't really know about rules of thumb. I mean, I would just definitely make sure that the balance is right. If you have a certain kind of neckline, I would definitely encourage the shape of the necklace to fit the neckline gracefully. If you wear a significant necklace, I would suggest smaller earrings that don't necessarily have to match, but, you know, have to have a similar feeling. I'm not a super matchy-matchy person, or if I do have it match, I like to throw a little twist in there. You know, just things that make you feel great, things that look good with the lines that you're wearing, things that are, that are in balance, I guess. Got it. Okay. So then where is a good place for brides to start if they have absolutely no idea what kind of jewelry they want? I think now is a good time for that because there's so much out there. I really think that Pinterest is a pretty great place because you have all these people kind of curating pictures from everywhere and, you know, one site leads to another. So I feel like you can get a really good selection of what's available by looking at Pinterest. I think that there's a lot of great non-traditional bridal companies and that's always a good place to research, even if you are more traditional and that's fine. They might just give you ideas that you, you wouldn't have thought of yourself that could maybe possibly lead you in a different direction. I feel like 
even if you just do some, you know, just do some research, look at images on the computer and let them lead you to places you might not have expected to go. Because then I think that maybe you'll surprise yourself. But I definitely think that, um, I think Pinterest is great. That's a good tip. So we talked about this a little bit a few minutes ago, but what are some other ways that brides can incorporate heirloom jewelry in their look if maybe they don't want to wear it as is? You know, their grandmother's necklace is a little too old-fashioned for them or their mom's ring or whatever, but they want it incorporated in some way. Absolutely. That's really my specialty. You know, most heirlooms can be reworked into more of a modern-looking piece. Like I mentioned before, you know, watches, medals, anything like that. And, And it doesn't have to be very industrial. It can be very, very graceful, but it can be simple. I I once made um, a bracelet for a woman. She didn't want to wear it as a bracelet that day, but she did want to be able to wear it in the future. But her father had recently passed away. And so she sent me, she had a link of his wedding ring and she also, he loved Coca-Cola. So we put a coat cap on there. So I made a bracelet that she then wrapped around her wedding flowers so that she felt like her dad was walking her down the aisle which I thought was a really lovely sentiment. But anything that's important to you can always be worked into something that can be incorporated, whether or not it's for you to actually wear on your person or or to have an adornment around your flowers, just something like that so that you have this piece with you going down the aisle, I think is, is possible. And, and there's lots of different options. Usually I have suggestions once I see the objects that people want to include. I mean, I've made... You know, I have a line called Relic, which is a glass globe that can be filled with lots of different things. But I have this one woman, her cat was supposed to go down her aisle with her, but her cat sadly passed away before her wedding. So she sent me the cat's ashes and that went into the globe. It's kind of a memorial piece. And so she wore that as her wedding necklace. That's interesting. That's an extreme. (laughs) (laughs) That's an extreme one, but... That's what she wanted, and, and it made her feel better to, to have it. So, And as an anniversary present, a husband sent me soil from the churchyard where he, they got married, and I filled another one with the soil of the churchyard as an anniversary present. So, Ooh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, it was beautiful. And that's an interesting point, too, that these can also be for anniversaries, sort of in perpetuity. I mean, you made me an anniversary necklace for our vow renewal that was very similar to my wedding necklace, and... Gee, if any clever husbands out there might want to take a clue from these customers of yours, and maybe every anniversary get another piece of jewelry. That's a great idea. Yeah, that never hurts. <laughs> um, and that was fun, too. You know, I, I loved hearing from you again and being able to kind of revisit that and then make another piece, thinking about your original one. And, I mean, your, your pictures were so great. And that it's just it's fun to kind of have a history with somebody and kind of go along that journey with them and, and, and make pieces for them. Definitely. So then if a bride just can't find anything she likes, obviously you are a big proponent of custom jewelry. How should she go about getting custom jewelry made? Maybe finding somebody in her own town or finding someone on Etsy. What are your tips for making that work? I would really just, I would suggest contacting somebody whose work that you love. Because even if they don't offer it kind of out in the world, you never know. A lot of people probably do it now. My motto, I always say, like, if baby doesn't cry, baby doesn't get any milk. If you don't ask, you'll never know. So I would just find somebody whose work you love and contact them and, and see what happens. And if it's after having a couple conversations, you feel like it's somebody that you can work with and they're willing, then that's great. If it doesn't feel right, I would say, you know, move on. But it's really about just kind of reaching out there. I do a lot of bridesmaids jewelry. 
And that's what's been great for me because, you know, a lot of brides contact me for their bridesmaids' gifts as well. And, and that kind of all started just by somebody asking. That's a really good point because you are so good at incorporating mementos and things. A bride could give each bridesmaid a very personalized necklace. Absolutely. It's kind of, it's um, based on the original questions for the charm necklace that I made, but then I started making them into bracelets. And, you know, it's great because the, the questions reflect the person who the, it's being given to, as well as the relationship she has with the bride. So I'll usually try and find one or two things that symbolize like special moments in their life together. So they're really fun. That's great. And I should add that just because it's custom doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cost a fortune. I mean, especially relative to what jewelry costs now, you could pay $125 for some set at Alfred Angelo, but wouldn't it be nicer to have something that was completely customized that cost the same or maybe even less? Absolutely. And, you know, most people, I mean, depending on what their price ranges are, they're willing to work with a budget. I mean, especially, you know, a lot of times people have multiple bridesmaids. So it would behoove the, the designer to, to work with a budget. I do all the time, you know. I mean, I have certain prices, but I also am definitely willing to work with people. Maybe I'll make it a little bit simpler or one way or another, figure out a way to make it happen. That's great. So then what are some of your favorite pieces that you've made or just bridal jewelry looks that you've seen in general? I love everything that's really unique and personal. I love estate jewelry, so I love just antique jewelry in general. My own personal ring is um, a Victorian ring. I love a bold necklace. I love things that are unexpected. I love a good black diamond. The I love the crystal necklaces. You know, the one that I made for you was just, it was gorgeous. It, it turned out so pretty just because I love that you had chosen such a bold color. And incorporating that with the fob and then, you know, having the locket. I mean, one, yours was one of my favorites. I've made some bracelets for mothers of the bride that I've been pretty proud of because they're just given with such love. That's a great idea. I never thought of that. Like, even maybe instead of a corsage or something that's only going to last so long, give her a bracelet that she can wear that she can keep forever. Exactly. And I can even put a flower on it, so it's kind of a corsage, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, <laughs> So then what are some fun ways to display bridal jewelry or incorporate it into your everyday wardrobe after your wedding? I have clients who have had jewelry boxes made, or I mean shadow boxes, so you can hang it on your wall, you know, with hooks and whatever pieces you have, uh, ways to display that, which I think is nice because it keeps it separate. You know, a lot of times people put jewelry just in the drawer and it's just kind of gone. I love to look at jewelry. I have all of my jewelry just hanging everywhere. Because a lot of times for me, out of sight, out of mind, I forget that I have it. So I love the idea of framing it. And then it will encourage you to put it on more often or to just look at it and be reminded of your wedding day, which is always nice. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I found this cool jewelry box. It's like a shadow box, but it has hangers inside for earrings and bracelets and things. And then a clear glass door. And it's great because like you say, suddenly it's in front of you all the time and you think, maybe I can wear my wedding earrings tonight, you know? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so where can my listeners go to learn more about you and your company? There are lots of places to go. My original website, which definitely needs an update, but you know, you can get a good idea of the charm bracelets, some of the wedding necklaces, the relics that I mentioned. It's www.madamfortuna.com. I'm pretty active on Facebook. That's where you can find a very large photo archive, and it's just Madam Fortuna on Facebook. 
And then Pinterest, I have a bridal page there, which um, has some really good examples of all the things that I've just talked about. And again, it's just Madame Fortuna on Pinterest. If you search for it, you can find it. Or you can just contact me directly. I mean, my email is just madamfortuna at gmail.com. That's great. Well, Madam Fortuna, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I think you've offered a lot of great ideas for where to find bridal jewelry and how to get it custom made and what to do with it after the big day. So I appreciate your sharing. Well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely to get back in touch. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com. <laughs>